It is Friday, December 3rd here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 13 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schiaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared, we're doing this show earlier than usual. It's noon Eastern time right now. We've been doing this at night most weeks this season. So we don't have final answers on a lot of injury situations yet. And then we don't even have like the afternoon answers, the, the pre-answer answers on a lot of these injury situations. It's going to affect some things this week. So, you know, if you're listening to this show later on, know that you can find up-to-date injury info on DraftSharks.com, and we are adjusting our planning with those things in mind. But um, for now, we'll kind of address what we can, right? Yeah, projections will be updated, obviously. They'll update in the lineup generator, so you can see you know, the updated best values per position. I think the two big injury questions are both on the Rams, right? Odell Beckham and Daryl Henderson. Henderson especially, I think. Um, Sony Michelle becomes a, a must-play in cash and probably a 100% guy for me, even in tournaments, if Henderson is ruled out. Yeah, he's going to be tough to pass on if there's no Daryl Henderson this week, but we'll see how that develops. So with all that in mind, let's go about our usual rundown and we'll start at quarterback for cash. And Jared, I know on DraftKings, we love cheap quarterbacks here. Does 4K Mike Glennon fit? Um, You can mess around with it. I mean, there are plenty of pay up options. Or you could probably, you know, get a few of those guys if you do play Mike Lennon. I, if I'm going the cheap route, I'd rather get up to the other side of that game and to a tag of Iloa at uh, $5,500. He's just been good for a while now, really since coming back from that initial injury. He has 19, uh, sorry, he has 16 plus DK points in four of his last six games. He's averaging 19 DraftKings points over that span. Um, he's eighth in PFF passing grade over those last six games. Um, the Giants pass defense has been pretty solid this season, you know, looking at football outsider stuff or adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks. But um, te- teams are passing against the Giants at the fifth highest rate in the in the NFL in neutral situations. Miami's been a pass-leaning offense this season anyways. Um, so I think you're going to get plenty of volume from Tua in this game. He might get Devontae Parker back too on Sunday, which would help. It's it is worth noting. I think it you know two is fine down at that price. I, I think it's worth noting the Giants pass offense by DVOA has been awesome over the past five games. They're up to eleventh in overall defensive DVOA and ninth in weighted DVOA, which looks more at more recent games. So I mean. There's a chance that you get a low scoring game and not a lot of fantasy points from Tua, you know, willing to take that risk at 5,500 in a cash lineup. I feel a little bit better about 6K Derek Carr against Washington this week, especially if Darren Waller's out. I mean, if Darren Waller's there, it helps Derek Carr in general. But if Darren Waller's out, then I have $2,700 Foster Moreau to stack with him in that lineup and offer a bit more salary savings. Washington's defense has been better overall after a terrible start to the season, but uh, the DVOA on Football Outsiders says it's only had two positive performances in pass defense the entire season. Much tougher against the run than the pass. So I'm really not worried about the matchup for Derek Carr here. His performance has been down since Harry, Henry Ruggs' demise, but uh, Carr has still reached 19 DK points in two of the past four games. Both of those came within the past three weeks. He had 24 last week against Dallas um, and has had the long layoff since then. Will have had that 
uh, by the time Sunday rolls around for the season. Derek Carr is eighth among main slate QBs and DK points per game, 11th in salary. So a little bit of value there. And even the three guys just ahead of him in that salary list this week, Carson Wentz, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, all look shakier to me as fantasy bets than Derek Carr does this week. That Vegas Washington game has a surprisingly high over under. I think it's like 50 or 50 and a half points. I, I would bet the under. Um, but if you believe in Vegas, I think, you know, that, that's a sneaky game to look to. Um, I also think paying up in cash is viable this week. And my payup guy would, would be Tom Brady, $7,200. I mean, you know, he gets Atlanta. He had five touchdowns against the, the, the Falcons in their first meeting. We saw all the touchdowns go to Leonard Fournette last week. I kind of think that swings back and, you know, Brady gets, you know, three or four in this game. I think all of them go to Leonard Fournette once again. It's just the beginning of a trend here. I agree. I could see the the Raiders Washington game disappointing with points. It's you know it's a solid number to begin with. I think it would be less of a focus for GPP. I'm less interested in Derek Carr there, though he is in play. I'm also interested on the GPP side though in Tarad Taylor in that cheap range at 5,300 bucks. The Colts' two best defensive players are managing injuries. Darius Leonard has been all season, had an ankle issue, might be healthier now than he's been in a while, but still been managing it all season. And then DeForest Buckner is the big question for them this week. Did return to limited practice Thursday, so he might be ready to play through the knee injury that he played through last week, but he's probably not going to be full strength DeForest Buckner. And that could be a particularly key injury for Tyrod Taylor, who, you know, likes to throw deep, likes to run the ball, obviously a no DeForest Buckner or a limited DeForest Buckner would help in both of those areas. Yeah. I think the nice thing about Taylor, easy stack, obviously with Brandon cooks. And I think Tyrod's cheap enough where it helps you fit Jonathan Taylor in your lineup as as the run back on the other side of that game. So I like that call. I have a bunch of guys I'm interested in tournaments this week. It's going to be a week where I'm going to have to pare down. I think Lamar Jackson is interesting coming off two duds. Now Um, he's $7,800. I think he's going to come in super low owned. We'll see what Fanshare says. You know, he had 35.6 DK points three games ago. He has other games of 37 and 46 DK points this season. So the ceiling is obviously there. Steelers down to 26th in football outsiders pass defense DVOA. They're 24th in football outsiders run defense DVOA. They're probably going to be without TJ Watt and Joe Hayden in this game. So I think it's a potential bounce back spot for Lamar Jackson. I like stacking him with Marquise Brown, Matt Stafford. Some I'm interested in, especially if Daryl Henderson's out that that'd be the one case where I don't play Sony Michelle is fade Michelle and play the passing side of that Rams offense. We'll see if Odell Beckham is in there. If he's not, I think it makes um, Stafford easier to stack with probably Cooper cup and Van Jefferson. You can you know, maybe throw in the, the tight end that I, I won't name uh, in that stack. If you want two more, two more guys I have Joe Burrow. So Last week, Leonard Fournette was the tournament winning play, and I think it was super sharp. Everyone was on the Bucks passing game. It was obviously a better matchup for the Bucks passing game. You play Leonard Fournette at like one percent ownership, all the touchdowns go to him, and you know you and you win tournaments. Um, I kind of think it's the same case with Burrow this week. Flip though, where everyone's going to be playing Joe Mixon against this Chargers defense that we know is much weaker against the run than the pass. But Mixon can have a big game, and the touchdowns just happen to go to Joe Burrow in the passing game. And there is some positive regression coming for Burrow. Over the last three weeks, Joe Mixon has six rushing touchdowns. Joe Burrow has just two passing touchdowns. So, you know, 75% of their scores have come via the ground. League-wide average is like two-thirds of passing touchdowns come via the passing game. So there's you know, there's some flipping that's going to happen there. Uh, I'm going to take a shot on Burrow this week. And then my last guy, super gross, can't believe. I, I didn't think I'd ever be mentioning his name this season, but Ben Roethlisberger He's $5,000. This Ravens defense is a pass funnel to begin with. They're fifth in football outsiders run D. They're 24th in pass D. They're dealing with a bunch 
of cornerback injuries. We'll see if any of the guys actually miss the game. There's been a couple of guys that have been missing practice with illness. Um, so we'll see who's available for Baltimore. But I mean, for 5,000 bucks, you know, if you can get 18 points out of, out of big Ben, you know, what he lets you do at other positions might be enough to take down a tournament. Yeah. Don't worry about that strained move. Go ahead and play him at 5k and, and see what you can get from there. Yeah. I'm probably going to focus primarily if I'm on the higher end with Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford. Um, but I can't argue with getting some shares of those other guys. I think it's also possible to run naked Tyrod uh, this week, although that sounds like a game that your wife would tell you to stop playing at home. Brandon Cooks is obviously the number one receiver, but it's possible that that Tyrod just does his stuff without targeting his wide receiver a whole bunch in this game. So plenty of options to play around with. And I think as we move on to running back, even more attractive options at this position, it struck me as an, an especially attractive week at running back. And, you know, I think that, We started the week with Alexander Madison as a focal point, and it's understandable. Even though he has been priced up to some degree, he's still a good value. You can see it in our lineup generator. But there are lots of other guys. Like, you don't have to play Alexander Madison this week. You don't. You don't have to play Jonathan Taylor either, which is scary. Like, it'd be scary making a cash on it without JT. But he only – Taylor only comes in as our seventh best dollars per point value at running back. Alexander Madison, who I think is as good, if not the best touch bet, on the week at running back. And he only comes in as our fifth best dollars per point value. So, you know, paying down, there's some cheaper guys here. James Connor to me, $5,900, 26, 14 and 27 opportunities in three games without chase Edmonds, you know, including the game Edmonds left on his first snap. Um, and that came, you know, with Colt McCoy under center. Now he gets Kyler Murray back. Likely we'll, we'll see, but it sounds like Kyler's going to be back. So that, that just boosts the entire offense. I think Connor is a great touch bet. Antonio Gibson, too, at $5,700. We're assuming J.D. McKissick is going to be out with his concussion. Um, So, you know, Gibson has already been dominating carries, especially since the bye week, and he should do most of the passing game stuff as well without McKissick and has a good matchup against the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, Jamal Williams at 5,400 is in play. Elijah Mitchell at 6K is in play. You could take three of those guys and not play either Madison or Jonathan Taylor. I'm not sure I'll actually do that in cash. I I think I would probably like to have – I don't know, somebody that's a a bit better scoring bet, but I can't even say that Madison and Jonathan Taylor are definitely better scoring bets than that group relative to what you're paying to have them on your roster. All those guys should be headed for workhorse roles in favorable spots. Obviously, Jamal Williams is in the weakest offense there and, you know, probably has the most negative matchup, but he also could see 10 targets in that game just by way of what Detroit has done offensively this year. Definitely. On the GPP side, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, as, as we've said, there's enough good running back plays, and I don't want to stray too far from the, you know those four or five guys we, we just mentioned. Um, two other guys I'm going to consider, Miles Gaskin at $5,800. His, his drafting price isn't moving. Um, it's been you know, in the mid to high 5,000s for a while now, despite the fact that you know he, he's really been a workhorse for the past four weeks. He's second among all running backs and carries over the last four weeks. He's 16th in targets. He's 11th in PPR points over that span. Gets a good matchup here against the Giants who, you know, as we mentioned, have been pretty tough against the pass. They're still 31st in football outsiders run D, 28th in adjusted points allowed to running back. So good good spot for Gaskin. The other guy I'm going to go back to is Miles Sanders, who was popular last week at $5,100 in a good matchup. Now he's $5,200 in really an even better matchup against the Jets, who are dead last in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. Miles Sanders put in a full practice on Thursday. So, you know, tells, maybe you still avoid him in cash for that reason. Not that I'd consider him in cash enemies with all the other options, but, you know, maybe the ankle adds some risk still 
But the fact that he was a full go on Thursday tell me, tells me we shouldn't be too worried about it. Jordan Howard's not going to play in this game. Boston Scott has not practiced the first two days of the week because of an illness. You know, that rarely keeps guys out. But, you know, maybe it impacts his workload on Sunday. So, I, mean, I think Sanders is a good touch bat and a good run-heavy Eagles offense in a great matchup. Uh, I'm going to, it's going to be no on Miles Sanders for me this week. There's too much everyone's, work splitting there and too many other guys available. Everyone's going to, everyone's going to say no too. That's why he's going to be like 3%. So you can have him at 3%. <laughs> I'll play these other guys, uh, no matter what their ownership rates are. I wonder what Leonard Fournette's going to come in at, at 7,300. We tend to assume that a guy mm-hmm. who's not overpriced coming off a week like he just had, we'll see huge ownership this week, but that just doesn't happen anymore. Like for example, Jalen hurts last week was coming off the three touchdown performance and then still carried a single digit ownership number in a positive matchup for rushing against the Giants. So that suckered me into Jalen hurts and got me burned in tournaments last week. But it was similar with Jonathan Taylor the week before he had the enormous game against the bills. And then the next week, his ownership rate was up higher, but it was at like, 13%, 13%, I think, was the projection there. So not as high as you would normally see for a workhorse back coming off a monster game. So I think that a sharp field can keep Leonard Fournette from being too highly owned this week, which then makes him more attractive, I think, because that $7,300 salary just kind of sneaks in there. It's right behind Alexander Madison. Uh, Joe Mixon is not too far ahead of that at 8100 So I think we could get Fournette this week at a lower rate than he should be based on his situation and what he's getting work-wise now. And Joe Mixon at 8,100. I mean, he's going to be highly owned this week, but he's worth mixing in if you're doing a bunch of lineups here. Faces the league's softest run defense. The offense has leaned back toward the run with its uh, situation-neutral tendencies since the bye a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, you know, toss those guys into that pool of running backs that we already mentioned. I'm sticking with that group of running backs and just kind of mixing and matching for my different lineups here rather than reaching for somebody that I keep lighting candles for down at the church like Miles Sanders. Yeah, I'm super interested to see the ownership projection on Leonard Fournette. Sometimes nowadays I feel like a guy coming off a big game makes him lower owned than he might be otherwise because people are like, you know, he can't do that again. He's going to be high owned because of that. And then people just hop off him. Plus, you know, people are going to want to play the Bucks passing game, which is going to keep people off Fournette. So I don't think he's going to be chalky. And if he's, you know, in the single digits, I'll definitely be interested in Fournette in tournaments. Wide receiver for cash. For me, Jared, Brandon Ayuk doesn't sit atop our DK dollars per point rankings, but at 5,600, he feels safer to me than the other 5K guys that are ahead of him in those rankings. I mean, Odell Beckham, for example, has the injury, which which keeps me from considering him for cash, even if he's ready to go for this game. Michael Pittman has a low volume floor, just like Ayuk here for his offense overall, a similar option. So I wouldn't argue if somebody likes Pittman better than Ayuk, but I, I like Ayuk's price versus George Kittle, who's $300 more. And that salary is tougher to make up at tight end than it is at wide receiver, I think, or tougher to make up at wide receiver, I guess I should say, than it is at tight end. Darnell Mooney, I think comes off as a similar option to Ayuk at a similar price. But the key difference between those two is uh, Darnell Mooney is facing Arizona, which is third in past defense DVOA. Ayuk gets Seattle, which is 27th in that category. Yeah, plus Darnell Mooney's on the Bears, which you know you never feel super comfortable playing any bear in cash. Um, I I do like Ayuk best among the 5K wide receivers. Although if Odell Beckham is out, and I think Van Jefferson becomes super interesting, he's at $5,300. So we'll see about OBJ. Um, I think you can live in the six thousands this week if you you know don't play Jonathan Taylor. Um, Deontay Johnson is $6,800. He has 13 plus targets in three straight games. 
in five of his last six games for the entire season. He has double digit targets in eight of 10 games overall. I uh, talked about the Ravens um, secondary be- being banged up. It's a pass funnel defense anyway. So you know, Deontay is as good a target bet as anyone on this slate. And I'm gonna go back to Chris Godwin too, you know, obviously coming off the dud last week, his price is down 400 bucks to $6,600 before last week, he had averaged 9.3 targets in the, the previous four games without Antonio Brown has a good matchup here uh, against Atlanta guy movement for uh, four catches, 62 yards and a touchdown against Atlanta back in week two. And that was with Antonio Brown. So I, I think he's still too cheap for the, the volume in the matchup here. And he did that on only five targets in a game where Tom Brady just spread it around. I think Mike Evans was the only guy that had more than five targets in that game. So yeah, I, I like those guys. And I think that this it's easier this week than it is most to fit three receivers from that 5k to 6k range. I, I feel better about leaving Jonathan Taylor out and playing those more affordable running backs than I do in yes. reaching for one of the lower priced wide receivers this week to, you know, allow the opposite to happen. Me too. Totally. And then, you know, JT is going to put up 30 and, and I'm going to lose. <laughs> right. Uh, on the GPP side back. Well, actually, you know, since you mentioned that, I, I think normally I, that would be a greater concern. Obviously it's a concern, but I think all those guys that we talked about, James Conner, Elijah Mitchell, they're, you know, similarly good bets to get 20 to 25 carries this week and have shots to find the end zone twice. They are. They, they totally are. But I'm just saying if, if one of them busts and JT puts up 30, it's going to be trouble. Sure. All right. So now on to GPP at wideout. You know, the question with Beckham and Van Jefferson, I think both guys are more attractive here for the ceiling potential, especially if Beckham is active for this game. I think Van Jefferson's ownership rate is going to spike if uh, Beckham's out because we did see Jefferson run very close, near identical to Beckham last week. Yeah, just a super concentrated offense there, um, you know, with Cup, Beckham and Jefferson now. So if Beckham's out, it just becomes even more concentrated. So I, I think Jefferson would be a good play in cash and tournament still. Um, I, I have two guys here that kind of you know, go with some of my um, more contrarian quarterbacks. Jamar Chase as a stack with Joe Burrow. So you know, Chase is down to 7000 bucks. It's his cheapest price since week seven. And that's really because he's he's sucked from a box score perspective over the last four games now. Um, his efficiency has just tanked after being super efficient for those first seven games. He has a 48% catch rate over his last four, 10.1 yards per catch. His touchdown rate is down. But he's actually averaging half a target more per game over the last four games than he was over the first seven, 7.8 targets per game in the last four for 7.3 over the first seven. His target share is basically identical. So basically his usage has been the same. He's just, you know, been running cold efficiency wise. So he's a guy at this point, I'm going to, keep playing until we get that next big games. I think it's coming. The matchup isn't ideal this week, so maybe it doesn't come this week, but I'm assuming he's going to be, you know, like 5% owned. So I'm going to take a shot on Jamar Chase. My other guy is Chase Claypool as a stack with Ben Roethlisberger. So Claypool has nine and eight targets in his two games back from injury, from that toe injury. Um, he's fourth among wide receivers in expected fantasy points over the last two weeks. So he's been getting awesome usage. And again, I, I, Kind of, sort of like this spot for the Steelers passing game. If you know Big Ben just can be something wor- less than a disaster, I think Claypool could deliver at a pretty nice price tag, six thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. And he's, it's even possible for him to be a disaster and still hit Claypool for the one big play that makes it at least a decent game. Yep. Uh, I talked about not liking the cheap wideouts. I think if we get Devontae Parker back this week, and it seems like it's trending that way, but we'll have to watch to make sure it happens. He could be a difference maker at 3900 bucks. You know, I mentioned the Giants playing well in pass defense lately, and that's certainly true, but that's why a $3,900 Parker is the kind of bet I want to make in that because if it doesn't work out, I can still be okay 
even without him putting up big numbers. He has been good this year when on the field, though. Last time we saw him, 11 targets, eight catches for 85 yards against the Bills, no fewer than seven targets in any of his five games this season for Parker. So, you know, again, watch to make sure he's active, but if he's out there, he should get targeted uh, and should be a should be a decent bet for upside. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would resist any temptation to use him in cash coming off the hamstring, but, um, you know, 3,900 bucks for a talented receiver, you know, could get eight to 10 targets is a pretty nice tournament play over a tight end for cash. I mean, Fabian Moreau is kind of uh, tough to get uh, not foster. Moreau. <laughs> Fabian Moreau is a cornerback. Foster Moreau is tough yeah. to get away from unless you are an IDP guy who also talks <laughs> about Fabian Moreau at times. Yes. I don't see any reason to play anyone other than foster Moreau in cash at $2,700. You know, he had, Six catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown in that game Waller missed back in week seven. I think more importantly, the usage is kind of what we want to see. 86% route rate, six targets. That was an 18% target share. So you know, he's getting top 12 tight end usage without Waller for $2,700. Matchup's pretty good, too. Uh, Washington, 18th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. Yeah, he's less than half of the salary of Darren Waller, so he can be less than half of Darren Waller and still be okay for what we're paying for. And I think we all expect him to be more than, you know, half of Darren Waller. Washington, 12th in tight end coverage DVOA, so not a pushover at that position, but also not a dangerous matchup there. And they're weaker against wide receivers, so it'd be nice to capitalize on that. But Hunter Renfro is a little too expensive to be all that attractive on DK right now. Agreed. On the GPP side, We'll see about Moreau's ownership. I think it's going to be pretty high if we don't have any Darren Waller this week. So I'm ready to pivot from him in attorney lineup to $3,800 Gerald Everett. Obviously, it's a big leap to get up there or $4,300 Pat Fryermuth. Both of those guys, I just think, are better bets to score than $2,600 James O'Shaughnessy. But I mean, should I be considering O'Shaughnessy more strongly here? I'm not going to, he, he'd be a cheap cash play for me. I, it's just tough to see him hitting a ceiling. I mean, he, he could, he could score a touchdown and then he, he hit ceiling at that price. Um, I just don't think it's a great bet. And I'm obviously not playing O'Shaughnessy over Moreau in cash. So I, I'm not going to get to him. I do like the Pat Fryermuth call. I'm curious to see what his ownership ends up at. I think he, he might get popular. He's been scoring so many touchdowns lately. I think people know the Ravens are a good tight end matchup. I'm going to try to force myself to get up to George Kittle in tournaments, $5,900. I rarely get myself to pay up at tight end, even in tournaments. But I do think Kittle is a good price at 5,900 bucks. Um, even, you know, even a, a good value for a, a flex spot. If you want to use like Moreau at tight end and Kittle at flex at that price, um, you know, coming off a of dud, obviously, but, but Kittle had 13.4, 16 and 24.1 DraftKings points in his previous three games. And Debo Samuel likely out of this game, frees up some more targets for Kittle and the Seahawks are 29th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. Yeah, fourth most friendly scoring matchup for the position. So, yeah, I like getting Kittle in here. And I agree that there's enough low-priced and upside options at tight end to consider using two of these guys. And, again, have to avoid that uh, choice of selecting a a low-priced wide receiver that we don't like. I want to throw out Logan Thomas before we finish at the position. 4000 bucks, so even a little cheaper than Pat Fryermuth. $200 more than Gerald Everett, who I'll talk about more on the FanDuel show, but Logan Thomas played 79% of the snaps in his return last week, got six targets in that game against Seattle Raiders are 29th in tight end coverage DVOA. We've talked, we talked on a previous show about uh, Jonathan Abrams struggles in coverage this season. So it's an upside spot for Logan Thomas. Overall, the Raiders are the sixth most friendly matchup for tight end scoring by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. So good spot in an offense that doesn't have a whole lot of receiving options. 
Defense, Jared, I don't know about you, but I'm just going to be living in the $3,200 to $3,600 range, and I don't even know if I have a single favorite team in there. Yeah, there's no good cheap plays this week, which I don't like for cash. It's funny, the Eagles at $3,600 pop as our top value, which is very rare. I mean, it's almost always a defense in the in the 2000s that come in as our top value because the position is so condensed. But, you know, we have a big projection for the Eagles against the Jets. You know, Zach Wilson has just been super giving to defenses. So it's worth at least seeing if you can get to the Eagles in cash. I think the Vikings um, for 3200 so saving 400 from the Eagles are a nice play too against the Lions. If you do have to go cheap, I would just go down to Washington as a, a you know price play, a, a salary saver, $2,500. One good thing I can say about Washington here is Vegas is a pass-heavy offense their sixth in situation neutral pass rate and teams have been going pass heavy against Washington which makes sense because they are you know much tougher against the run in the past so you should get a bunch of Derek Carr pass attempts which always leads to you know sack and interception potential yeah so other teams in that range I agree with with all of those and I'm probably not going down to Washington but if you need to I think it's an option in that range that I mentioned though we got the Vikings 3200 Dolphins against the Giants at 3300 Cardinals against the Bears at 3,400, Bucks against the Falcons at 3,500, the Eagles, as you mentioned, at 36, and then the Colts even just above that at 37 against the Texans. You know, if I get into that range and I don't need that extra $100, $200, then it's just going to be mixing among those because I think all of them carry plenty of upside. And when you're talking about defenses that are close, it's really just who happens to luck into a touchdown that makes them the good play for the week. Yes, and I'm curious to see what ownership, how it shakes out here. Um it might end up being super spread and you don't have to worry about it. But if ownership does condense around a couple defenses, I'll just go to the you know defenses right above or below that. Just get, get the low owned. Yeah, definitely a position where I'm more willing to let the ownership projections drive my decisions than at, at the at the skill positions. Yep. Well, that's going to do it for this week 13 DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com to get more player recommendations. If you're a DS Insider, you can check out Jared's cash game picks as well as top GPP options from Corey Bushland. You can also mess around with the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. For more discussion of DFS and other formats, you can also join the free DraftSharks Discord. You can find the link for that in the description for this podcast. For Jared Smoll and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shaft saying thanks so much for seeing us. 